Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We have notes galore to get to from Vikings camp over the weekend, including some false positive COVID tests and also the Vikings and Mike Zimmer a little bit perplexed as to why some of their opponents might have fans in the stadium, but not U.S. Bank Stadium. But a quick shout out first to Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated is here to help business owners. And this has been a really rough year for a lot of businesses out there. So it's not the year to skimp on your insurance company or partnership. Federated has over 100 years of experience in helping businesses navigate various challenges, ups and downs. They measure their success by the success of their clients. And so when you go to federatedinsurance.com, you tap into all kinds of expert resources, tools, and, uh, and other things of value to your company. At Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's our business to protect yours. <laughs> you like that? You like that? And welcome in, Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff, producing the show. And a huge thank you to everyone who has. We're, we're super close to 9,000 subscribers on YouTube.com slash Score North. And we appreciate everyone giving our show and uh, and our YouTube channel a boost by clicking that subscribe button. So let's dive in here, Judd Zolgad. We have notes galore to get to from the weekend. And let's start with a quote from Mike Zimmer here. I'm going to read just a couple sentences from something he said on Friday to the assembled media all right, about sure. stadiums. Mm-hmm. So he said it's going to be very hard to not have fans in stadiums because the NFL is allowing people in and it looks like we're not going to have any fans in there early on, which really stinks because we have unbelievable fans and they make that place rocking every single Sunday. But the best way to have home field advantage is to play really good, execute, more tackles, don't make mistakes, don't commit penalties, turnovers, all those things. I think there are some unfair things going around as far as some teams can have fans and some teams can't. So I think there is a competitive disadvantage in some of those areas. Currently, the Cowboys, Chiefs, and Jaguars have each denounced plans to have fans in the uh, in attendance mm-hmm. in some form. I believe I saw a story also last week that the Packers are working on having fans inside Lambeau Field. So... Um, to what degree is this an unfair advantage to the Minnesota Vikings, in your opinion? Well, let's start with this. Instead of unfair, let's just start with what type of disadvantage is it for the Vikings period, with or without fans, in other stadiums, not to have fans? And personally, Phil, I contend it's enormous. Mm-hmm. When you think about the Vikings' defense and and the fact that we have seen how many quarterbacks, and some of them at times pretty damn good quarterbacks, come into U.S. Bank Stadium 
and look completely lost and frazzled, right? And that's partially because the Vikings' defense has been damn good. But that's also partially because it's so loud, it's deafening, you have to go to a silent count, you can't hear yourself think. Like just So just go through all of the permeations that an opposing offense coming into Minneapolis, like this, must face. And it goes to third down, and what, what's the first thing? They chime in the hell's bells. Nah, 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 yeah. nah, nah. And then the place gets louder and louder and louder. So so I, I think that Mike has a point here. And I think that it's definitely odd that some places are going to allow fans and some aren't. And that's in, in itself an interesting conversation and decision by the league. But I think just from a Viking standpoint, to say that for, I don't know, two games, four games, all eight games possibly, that you are now going to have teams come in. And according to Mike, they are going to allow teams to play noise at a decibel level of 80 to 90, which is very just like white noise. What's what's like a... Like a, a, late, right a late 90s Metrodome. Okay. Or 2009. You Allow know, me to find th- this here because I did a column on this for scorenorth.com on Saturday and I looked up some of the decibels that it's gotten to. I mean, it is a huge okay. advantage over the That's years. insane. So when, when now th- this is t- uh, taking it to the nth degree, but when Diggs caught the Minneapolis Miracle Pass, the decibels in the building were clocked at 120.1. That is just below, I believe, um, a jet engine taking off but so it's like 50 percent more than what the nfl would be allowing. but the norm so according to according to what i found from espn uh back when the vikings played their first preseason game ever against the chargers they actually recorded the decibels in that game and it was 114 so, so like, this is, this is so the like, first ever u.s yes, bank stadium yeah. preseason game. so but let's let's just say that 110 to 114 is the norm like when wow. it gets loud now you're going to bring it down and it's like elevator music, basically. Yes. And <laughs> and if Mike is correct, if Mike is right, you don't have the advantage of jacking it up for your team. It's yeah, just going to be across play the board. Some smooth jazz in the That's background. That's basically what they're going to do. Calm Kirk's nerves a little bit. A little yacht yeah. rock playing in the background. Yeah. Plus oh, a little, well, little Michael. Lost in yeah. love, and I don't know much. Cousins back to past me again. A little, little Michael McDonald. And That's right. I'll keep forgetting not to love. No, but anyway, smooth sailing. So, so just for, from a standpoint of what the Vikings are used to for eight games. That basically could be for all of 2020 stripped away. Yeah, that's a big deal. It is a big deal, and and you'd like to think too with a defense that has question marks at corner, and you're going to have young guys up and down. Also, think about this defensive line. Mm-hmm. You know, and we'll <laughs> we'll get into another note about Daniel Hunter and and him sitting out practice here. But you know, part of the advantage, if not a significant part of the advantage of playing defense in your home stadium when it's when the the decibels are up to 115 or whatever you said is you get that extra split second to take advantage of the offense having to go off of a, a silent snap count. Yes. That, like, now all of a sudden because it's loud and they have to go off of a silent snap count, now the offensive players and the defensive players are all watching for the same cue, which is leg up, you know, however many times. <laughs> like, they're all timing the ball being snapped. Sounds, sounds right? like a dog doing the yeah. snap count. <laughs> so, ah, that feels better. Um, so if if opposing teams come in and they don't have to worry about silent snap counts, they can just they can just do snap counts. Now opposing offenses not only can can get off the ball, you know, 
at their own timing and the defense has to wait, they can do hard counts at the line of scrimmage in your home stadium. 100%. So they can get your guys, your young and inexperienced defensive linemen to jump off sides. So, you know, is that necessarily going to be like the reason above general defensive performance why the Vikings would you know, lose an extra game or two? Not necessarily. As Mike Zimmer said, if the Vikings cover well and tackle well and do all those things, like they should still be able to win games defensively. But that, but those are advantages that, especially with young, flustered quarterbacks, you know, some of these poor dudes that come in, you know, Brett Hundley, when he filled in for Rodgers oh. after Rodgers yeah. uh, hung onto the ball too long against Anthony Barr. Exactly. Like that dude, the fans smelled blood. And mm-hmm. that dude is just out of his mind, nervous and scared. And you're not going to have that same atmosphere with Studio U.S. Bank Stadium. Right. So it, it's a big deal. And... I, I looked up the stats. So the Vikings moved into the stadium in 2016, okay? Since 2016, Zimmer's defenses at home have given up an average in, I believe it's 32 home games, 16.7 points, okay? Jeez. On the road, 21. Now, I'm no. not Now I'm not trying to, to say that those statistics are going to hold exactly true, but part of that difference is the fans. There's no question about it. Yeah. Here's something else, too, a cross-sport comparison for you. Actually, this might even bode well for Kirk. I think you know, if, if the Vikings play in other stadiums, you know, road environments that don't have fans can't boo Kirk. the same. Well, Kirk, Kirk has I made you were going to say the home fans couldn't boo him. Well, there's that. But, uh, but Kirk has been pretty clear going back to uh, when all of this COVID stuff hit for the first time, saying, mm-hmm. I actually think there's you know, something maybe positive about playing in front of no fans. And it kind of got construed as Kirk hates the fans. But no, it's not what he was saying. Kirk was saying, you know, if I if, if we're just lining up like it's practice and uh, we get to take on another team and we don't have to worry about anything and, you know, energy levels from the audience and from the fans, then maybe that's better for me as I try to just hone in on what's important. And uh, Tiger Woods, of all people here, Tiger Woods was quoted over the weekend in the first round of the FedEx Playoff Cup as saying, some of these guys, like, I've been playing in front of huge crowds at majors and big golf tournaments for 20 years. And and part of my competitive advantage is that I have gotten used to blocking out photographers and 10,000 fans swarming up around the tee box. Sure. Uh, like, my heart doesn't race faster because I've been in this situation hundreds of times in my life. Whereas some of my opponents are playing with me dressed in red on a Sunday, and if there's no fans... Like, there's just not as many reasons to be nervous, even though you're on national TV. And I'm wondering if that's going to be the case, whether it's for Kirk Cousins or other quarterbacks, where you get to go into a road environment, and it's late in the game, and ordinarily you would be, you know, you know, pick a pick a crowd, Pittsburgh or something. Like, these rabid fans would be going crazy. Kansas City, right? Triple towels in Pittsburgh, yeah. And instead, it's just going to be an empty stadium. And yeah, there's the pressure of wanting to win the game and playing against Pat Mahomes, but you're not going to have the added pressure of 80,000 fans True. trying to make your life miserable. True. So maybe, you know, as much as that's going to hurt the Vikings playing inside their own home stadium, not having that environment, yep. maybe it helps Kirk and, and maybe it helps in in the offensive fashion when you're playing on the road. So I'll throw that out. Too. Some very nice thought for Kirk. You don't buy it, though. Uh, you like that! You like that! Yes, he does. He does like that. I buy this. I buy the, the fact that each home field of a halfway decent team in this league has advantages built in, right? The Vikings' biggest one is the, the fans. The turf helps because, you know, the, the defense is often pretty quick and can get the first step. Um, so... All of the inherent advantages that the Vikings have at home are not stripped away, but I think their primary one is. And, you know, 
You go to Green Bay in December, right? It's cold. You don't really practice in the cold. Like that's they still get that. So I just think it hurts the Vikings. It hurts the Saints for sure. See, Seahawks the, to a degree as well. The Bears get the cold and they can still grow their idiot soldiers. Exactly You'll right. grass up nothing, to your knees to right. slow your fast players. The Bears lose nothing. Actually, can the Vikings grow that tech turf up about you know, <laughs> they six don't want inches to. more? They want it fast. <laughs> they don't want to grow that up. Ridiculous. It's going to hurt them for sure. So, all right. Other things here to get to from uh, from the weekend. So, NFL teams and the Vikings are dealing with a ton of positive COVID tests, and a chunk of them, if not all of them, might be false positive. So, here's our guy Kevin Seifert from ESPN.com. He said 11 teams in the NFL were hit with a barrage of positive COVID tests over the weekend. It didn't take the NFL's health and safety team long to trace the culprit. A lab in New Jersey had returned hundreds of false positive tests, including 12 for the Minnesota Vikings. A total of 77 league employees returned positive tests. All came from the same New Jersey lab. According to a source, all 77 individuals were retested using the same original sample. All came back negative. And then each of the 77 also took new point-of-care tests. All of those also came back negative. So in all likelihood, it appears the NFL was gifted a consequence-free moment to identify a potential vulnerability in its testing procedures, as well as individual teams' reactions to the disastrous news. Quote from Mike Zimmer, Honestly, for us, it's probably good that it happened now, because we were able to adjust and adapt and figure out the kinds of things that would happen if it did happen during the season and what we would do from there. So they've been pretty... I'm actually pretty surprised that through the first couple weeks of training camp here, not just the Vikings, but there is no bubble. And so you have like... 80 players on each roster and all of the coaches yeah, guys going all up. going to outside environments coming back in. Yeah, I'm not. And to this point, there hasn't been a wave of COVID swept through the NFL. They're very, very fortunate. Um, I guess I have a question off of all of the uh, false positives that came in over the weekend, and it's this. Can we not get the system honed a little bit more? Because if this had happened on a Sunday in three weeks, it's chaos. And look, they all might be wrong. But it's chaos. Like, you can't just go play games and be like, they're probably all false. Uh, And I don't know. My question based off this experience now is, does the league have something in place to say, if this were to to happen to us on a game day or or the day before a game, can we just back up kickoffs to 3 o'clock? Or can we back them up to 7 o'clock? How, how do we yeah, you don't how do we delay fans, I guess, so. how do we delay games w- without canceling games and, and or taking them and ha- having to move them to a different date entirely? Uh, but I guess my feeling is this: Can we get the labs not to screw this up if it's possible? Well, actually, the so I don't. There's going to be mistakes and there's going to be things that that happen. Sure. And I don't know enough about like you guys how are the labs get operate. It. What I think the positive news here is is that so the so seventy seven uh, false positives come back in from the same lab. And right. they realize, oh man, that's a red flag. That doesn't make sense. Let's. The fact that they were able to retest twice before the weekend ended and then get those results back—that's a great quick turnaround. Mm-hmm. I feel like baseball had, you know, baseball got slapped in the face the first week by the Marlins situation, and they literally had to shut everything down for like, like the Cardinals didn't play baseball for two weeks. But that's because you- they were trying to figure out what to do with with real well, positive tests. That's and- the real question, though. What what happens because it's going to take place, what happens when a team does get it and it breaks out? Which will happen, right? Absolutely. It has to happen. But then you're just going to have to cancel and or backup games entirely. 
So it's easier to cancel and back up games without fans because you know part of the reason why you know, people have been clamoring, rightfully so, for Monday night football games have been largely garbage over the years, especially the second half of the schedule because you can't flex them. Yeah. Because seventy thousand people buy a ticket to a game, like oh by the way, uh, that game you bought tickets for noon on a Sunday. Uh, in two weeks, it's being flexed to Monday night at 7.30. It's like, well, there's some consideration for the fans there. Well, um, if there's only 5,000 fans in a stadium or if there's no fans in a stadium, you could say, all right, this game that was supposed to take place on a Sunday, we need at least 24 more hours. We're going to bump this to a Monday, maybe even a Tuesday, and then bump another game You know, from Sunday. You could do it without fans more easily. True. So, um I don't know. I think this is just the tip of the iceberg in terms of what once you start getting teams playing against each other and swapping sweat and spit and well, and some team is going to go out and get it. Like it's just going to happen. The it's too you're you're relying on too many very successful young people to be responsible all the time. It, it it's is, not real. Look at me. It's a lot to bank. Exactly. On. Exactly. Declan's got a concussion and he's going on drinking. Yeah. 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 yeah but you I mean, I don't. But anyone under thirty can't be trusted. But, but am I surprised <laughs> by this, Declan? Absolutely not. Because you're young and dumb, and it's not your fault. Thank we you. were all there. Thank you. You idiot, Declan. I wouldn't. Adju- <laughs> I wouldn't adjust my life either, Declan. Uh, next item on the list here: Daniil Hunter. Has anyone seen him? Okay, I can. Conf- What's wrong with Daniil Hunter, and why hasn't he practiced in a week? I can confirm I saw him. I went out to practice on Friday, okay, and I can cons- I can confirm I saw him standing on the practice field watching practice. That at the time was the sixth consecutive practice that he has missed. He missed another one on Sunday, but he was seen, so it's not COVID. All right, so he's not on the COVID list. This is not COVID, according according to Zim. Mike has said that it's simply just a tweak. But he's missed seven consecutive practices. I'm going to ask a dumb so question. What, I'm going to say this must be a it? hell of a tweak. What is the it? He hasn't said. He won't say. He doesn't have to is say anything. lower he won't body say or upper body? No, we oh. have no idea. And and I did look. I, I took my binoculars because we're so far away out to practice on Friday. And I did look Hunter Ooh. up and down a few times in the binoculars. And he's not wearing anything that looks like a brace okay. or a sleeve or a harness. So I have no, I mean, hamstring maybe? Toe? Knee? Could toe? Could be something underneath the shoe. Absolutely could be. Classic doctors all get. Absolutely could be. But I was trying to deduct, and I figured, you know, perhaps there's like an elbow brace, right? Or perhaps there's a brace of some sort. I did not see it. Hmm. But anyway, ordinarily, guys, I'd be like, okay, it probably is just a tweak, right? Like, come on. You know, training camp. We're three weeks away from the season. I'm sorry, but... Daniil Hunter is one of the few players on this team who, if he can't practice, I say to myself, it's been long enough now. You got to be a little bit, if not concerned, just a little bit, a little bit worried. Okay, here's a segment within a segment. Mount Rushmore is easy. It's the cliche Mount Rushmore Sports Talker of the Week with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. That is why I would put him on the Mount Rushmore. Those would be my four. What's your current Mount Rushmore of players on the Vikings roster? Where if they can't play or practice, the Vikings are screwed at that position. Oh, okay. I love this one. All right. Number- I mean, Daniil Hunter, based on Everson Griffin being gone, like, Daniil Hunter's got to be on the Mount Rushmore. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Kirk Cousins? That's some shade at Sean Mannion. <laughs> you got to play Sean Nate Mannion. Stanley. We will all be. Cousins is the you George Washington. Nate, you hate Nate Stanley. You lo- yeah. You're, you you're hate Nate hate Stanley. Stanley. Listen, he can hand the ball off with the best of them in the Big Ten. So can I. Kirk Cousins? Yeah, Kirk Cousins is the George Washington yes, he is. here, right? My second one, 
We just talked about him. Daniil Hunter. He's okay. my second one. My third one, because I looked at the backups at this spot, and there ain't nothing going there, is Harrison Smith. You got Harris, but then would Anthony Har- Harris also have to be on that list? I don't. I think they. I think those no, guys cancel I, out. If, no, you, if no. you lose one, you here's have another All Pro. Here, here's why they they don't. Smith, Harrison Smith is essentially a coach on the field who can do way more than most guys, including Harris. That's fair. And so, so his importance in how that defense operates as a whole, because I, I consider Harrison to basically be the captain of the defense. I think if you strip him out, and now you've got young cornerbacks. And look, Harris is a nice player, and he's going to do his job, but Harrison Smith can do like three jobs. Mm-hmm. I think it's a huge loss. And and his backup, I uh, actually checked this out last night, is Brian Cole second, a seventh-round pick in 2020. So again, he's on my, my list. Okay. And my last one, and he didn't practice yesterday, and he was replaced by an... Uh, undrafted free agent by the name of Jordan Fair. Raise your hand if you've heard of Jordan Fair before I just said his name. Eric Kendricks. So I'm not including Dalvin because he's got a backup. I'm not including Riley Reef because... What about, what about Brian O'Neill? He's on mine. Brian O'Neill, man. He's the biggest center who is, who is your right tackle backup to Brian O'Neill? It would be um, Rashad Hill. Exactly. It, who it is your Rashad right Hill. tackle backup to? It would be to... Rashad Hill. I think Brian O'Neill deserves consideration here. Oh, sure. Adam Thielen might deserve he, consideration. He does, too. He's on he, mine. He's my fifth one. He's my fifth one because I can't decide. If he went down, I can't decide if they'd be screwed or or they actually have a couple guys um, or at least one in Jefferson who they could plug in to take his place, and it wouldn't be a complete. I, I'm thinking about complete meltdown disasters. O- O'Neill's a better one, I think, probably than Thielen. I mean, could you even go as far as saying Mike Hughes? Uh, we feel pretty good about Cam Dantzler the last week watching yeah, him and I can't, training camp. And but. I can't decide if I think, like, my belief is that Mike Hughes has to be good. I can't decide how good I think he's going to be. I, I was trying to go with guys who we know, you know what you're going to get, and the downside is if they go out, it becomes an, oh, yeah. my God, what are you going to get now? Dex, how do you, so I've got, I've got a good one, you guys. Hunter and Cousins are the, like, yes. George Washington, Abe Lincoln, right? Yep. I, I still I I really think Brian O'Neill has to be on this. Brian he, O'Neill is one of the best. He's, 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 he's the only guy that you're like sure about on yeah. the offensive line. He's on mine, and I have Thielen over Kendricks because I think Eric Wilson and Anthony Barr can still be okay without Kendricks. Yeah, I think that linebacker is line, damn good. Who's your middle linebacker then? Uh, just whatever Harrison Smith. Okay, that that's a problem. <laughs> do you think Mike? Do you think Mike's like whatever? Hey, Rick, whatever. I yeah. trust uh, Zimmer to scheme it up appropriately without Kendricks. And if you lost Brian O'Neill or Adam Thielen, I would have major questions on the offense. That's side. another good way to look at it, which is it's not necessarily how screwed would they be at the position, but how screwed at the position and could Mike Zimmer scheme around it somehow? You can't scheme around not having a pass rusher, really. Mm-hmm. Like, right. You can't scheme around not having a quarterback. Right. You can maybe scheme around. I could see this is where maybe the Thielen thing. Like you could maybe scheme around and say, "All right, well, Justin Jefferson, BC Johnson, and Irv Smith. Like you guys are gonna have to step up, and we'll find a way. Gary Kubiak will find a way to scheme it, and Dalvin Cook's gonna catch more passes, etc." Yep. I mean, I'm not saying it would be ideal. But, yep. 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 So, all right, and your Harrison Smith thing. I think the argument is less about. How screwed would you be at safety and more Your whole how defense. screwed would you be without the guy that yes. improvises and helps direct traffic? But if you were to lose Kendricks now and you didn't have 
So now, now you don't have um, your real choice probably at nose tackle for sure. Your three tech is weak, and you're putting in a guy like Eric Fair or something at linebacker or yeah. whomever you put in. I mean, your defense is a geyser through the A-gap. Geyser. Geyser through the A-gap. Football. I'm either talking about football or porn. Let's decide. But I do believe that that would be an A-gap problem. Yeah, the, the, football uh, and porn. I, all, I, all I can think about now decide. is if you're, you get to that point in the, in the video that you're watching and that's the sound. That... The Thielen one, I was a little bit more torn on because I did write him down fifth. Yeah. Well, but you know what? This is another lesson of why you don't pay Dalvin. As good as we think he is, I don't think he's on any of our lists. Because if he, it, it, right, if if he goes, we didn't even bring him up. Because if he goes down, they've got a four point six yards per carry backup that might be the third best running back in the division. And Mike Boone looks like a superhuman in training camp. I don't know if you saw pictures of him, but he, yeah, he is big. jacked. I feel like Mike Boone. I think getting jacked though doesn't really impress me as much. I right. think it's. I think that. That's a thing at the bar. Mike Boone feels like a potential like Mr. Mankato snub the last few years. Yeah, I mean he's he's, he's an established player now because he's gotten some run. But, yeah, he's got. But if you if you had he, Dex is right, he is jacked. If you had to go in with Mike Boone and Alex Madison as your running backs and figure it out, I don't think you would feel too terrible about that. But that's the reason not not mm-hmm. to pay Cook again. Yep. Like we keep coming back to all these these conversations about most important and valuable players, and Dalvin Cook's damn good. But he really doesn't factor into the most important discussions. Yeah. So that's a wrap on this episode of Purple Daily. Tell that New Jersey place to get its testing right, okay? We'll, we'll, we'll send Dr. Judd is yeah. on the case. I mean, let's crack the whip Probably. on this and let's get those tests right, all right? We don't need scares. <laughs> the last thing 2020 needs is false positives. There's already enough false negatives. I'd say there's a lot of real negatives, actually, yeah, that's, in 2020. Exactly. Yeah. On the show, too. So I uh, appreciate you guys hanging out. By the way, uh, we did, as, as, part of, us. as part of the it. Mackie and Judd podcast, we have two podcasts, Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily. As part of Mackie and Judd today on this Monday, uh, random season recall centered around the 2003 Minnesota Vikings, where Declan quizzed us about anything and everything we could remember. So if you're not already subscribed to the Mackie and Judd podcast, in addition to Purple Daily, check us out, and we'll see you next time on Purple Daily. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.